The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, we got another busy one coming up for you guys here on Fantasy NBA Today. What's happening, folks? It is Wednesday. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I'd love it if you guys would go give me a quick follow on Twitter while you're thinking about it. And Fantasy NBA Today is a hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee presentation. Hoop ball is hoop-ball.com. Head to the website, check out all the good stuff that I'll tell you about later in the podcast. And of course, Hawaiian Isles our title sponsor of all podcasts. We have nine of them coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We're eight right now uh, at Hoop Ball. Hawaiian Isles, they are the official coffee. They're the official sponsor. They're the official lots of things, and they should be your official drink of choice as you wake up in the morning or afternoon or whenever you need a nice relaxing cup of coffee to wake you up a little bit with a an extra special flavor. HawaiianIsles.com, I-S-L-E-S is the website, H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter, or you can just search for Hawaiian Isles on Amazon and get it sent to your doorstep. Prime, if you have that membership, or if not, even if you don't have Prime, I think if you had 35 bucks, you can still get it uh, with free shipping. So there's always that available as well. They've got K-Cups. They've got other uh, items available at their website. Again, it's Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check them out. Again, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Uh, here's what we got coming up today. Number one, we're going to have a quick visit from our buddy Brandon Marcus because it is Wednesday, so, you know, got to do what you got to do. Um, we'll check in with Brandon. We'll talk uh, Clippers podcast. He's got that rolling. And, of course, thoughts on anything going on in the uh, run-up to draft season, which is happening at full speed right now. We're going to be talking to Jonas Nader later on today's show as well. We'll break down his industry mock team. That'll be coming up right after Brandon. And then we'll finally uh, do anything else that we, we have on the docket. I mean, it is, it's busy time, man. Multiple guests on every show, lots of things to talk about. So we might as well stop wasting time and just dive right in. But before I do, I wanted to remind everybody that the B-150 Early Bird Special is out. That's right. We gave out a coupon code uh, for coupon. Who the heck am I? That's like what my grandma would have said. Uh, a coupon code on yesterday's podcast. We will also have one available later in today's show. So don't skip around too much or you might miss it. Today's coupon will also knock $3 off any item at HoopBall. We have five items for sale. The draft guide, which of course gets the B-150 on October the 7th, plus all the other good draft guide stuff. The early bird B-150, which has access to it right now. That is a solo item. If you get that, you just get the B-150 today. It came out two days ago, actually. Uh, we also have Game Time Premium, which is our renamed full season premium package. And then there's different bundles of stuff where uh, obviously you get things together, you save a few bucks. You can use the coupon on all of that. Again, coming up later in today's show. Jumping right in now. Listen, you can't have a full Wednesday without a visit from Brandon Marcus. So even though this is now kind of in the middle of the show, happy Brandon Day. Happy Brandon Day. Happy <laughs> Ailment Day. Yeah, how's uh, how's your body feeling today? I'm oddly healthy, which is weird. I got to tell you, first of all, 
I'm back to uh, rocking the one eye as of now because, like we uh, we have now learned on Wednesdays, I go back to sleep after we tape this show. <laughs> so there's no point putting in a contact. So uh, I got my glasses on and have my right eye closed. Um, I actually popped the lens out of the right eye, and like I said before, the vision's just weird. Uh, double vision, it's strange. Um, but besides for that, I gotta tell you, man, I got four huge mosquito bites oh. to my right ankle. And two on my left ankle. So last night I got home at like 12.20 in the morning from work. I get in bed and I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm like, I'm like this is starting to itch. Yep. They're bright red. And so I was like, all right, I'm screwed. And so when you know, you know when you think that you're itching and when that happens, like your entire bar- body oh, yeah. starts itching in different places? Yes, I do. People make fun of me for this. I get, I get the bug bites and they go, they go ballistic on me. They're like the big gross. swell. It's the worst. Like my neck was itching, my hair was itching, my <laughs> chest was itching. So I was like, I'm screwed. I'm done. And you so can... at like one o'clock, um, I decided to just go to the couch. And I'm like, I the, the bed, I don't know. I'm like, my bed makes me feel like I have bed bugs and I don't. And but so I'm like, I go went to the couch and I fell asleep on the couch until seven fifty. Yeah, you're not you're not don't worry, you're not staying at the quality inn in Lathrop. That you don't yes. you don't you don't have bed bugs. No, that's uh I'm with you on that, man. People make fun of me a lot, my wife included, um, but I have this and maybe it's because I, I do have a lot of sugar in my diet. I've been told that what you eat can kind of put you at the top of the mosquito priority totem pole. I don't know if this is true or not. Um I, they always come for me. So, like, if anyone has a bite in this house, it's going to be me. I had one yeah. right on my elbow. I think I told you about that, like, two weeks ago. So I yeah. couldn't move that arm without the nerve just firing all the way down and, like, numbness in the pinky and the whole deal. So I feel for you. I really do. Uh, most people would tell you to, to buck up. I say you need to, like, take three days off from work and get right. <laughs> that was, that was brutal. Well, it's, like, it's fine now when I woke up. But, like, you look at it. And I'm like, my God, like my brother's house now all of a sudden is at the point where if you go outside in their backyard, you're going to get bit like mm. they they light incense outside to try and like get the mosquitoes away. I was outside with my nephew for probably 15 minutes on Sunday and I came away with four mosquito bites. Oh, no, that's yeah. I, I would wear long sleeve, long pants, tuck them into the socks, the whole deal, like a beanie in 80 degree weather if I had to. There's nothing. And sorry to all of you out there who have far worse ailments, but there's nothing worse than a mosquito bite. It's so annoying. And this one is like attached. One, like on one of my ankles, it's seriously attached. So it looks like an L. And I'm like, that just doesn't look right. That's it mean. Doesn't... They're just hopping along you, pulling. Yeah. Uh, I have another mosquito story, but I'm going to save it because I know people want to hear what we actually have to talk about today. Um, this is this is going to be some short stuff for you. We, we got half shows with Brandon while we've got uh, pro weeks going on here. But I wanted to get kind of two things from you. And the first is just like any reflection on what's going on in, in this draft season. Because I think as we as we meander our way through September and the beginning of October, there's always kind of things that that jump out and not necessarily surprise us, but just kind of like, a, oh, how interesting. And you and I were looking at some of the uh, Yahoo projections, which they recently adjusted. And I thought maybe we could just pick one or two out of the top 25 that caught our attention. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, how about I go first? Okay, yeah. Give me, give me your most interesting Yahoo top 25 projection that maybe wasn't there a week ago. <laughs> 
It's interesting, but one that really stood out, and we've talked about a lot of the hype players, guys like Tobias Harris and guys maybe like DeAndre Ayton, but one that's kind of oddly, I don't know, now undervalued is LeBron, um, currently ranked 28. Wow. He was preseason nine. I mean, the Lakers don't have anybody besides him and Anthony Davis. Like this Kyle Kuzma thing, I was looking, I was online the other day. And they're talking about a shoe deal. If Kyle Kuzma was on a different team, he would not be as big of a name as he is right now. Like he has not done enough to prove that he's part of a big three. No, so, I, I agree with you. By the way, it also lends itself to this sort of back and forth in the media, which is um, everybody hates the fact that guys like Kuzma get the love they get on the Lakers, but then they also hate the fact that the Lakers get so much attention. So you kind of have to stop one before you can stop the other so like stop making everything about the lakers and then everything won't be about the lakers anymore but i don't i don't know i don't see the first half of that ever stopping so i like i mean i like kyle kuzma but you're right he's not a superstar he's not close he's a decent basketball player yeah and lebron is lebron if you're about to tell me he's a third round pick i I, okay uh no it's weird yeah they have him with it and they have him listed with 72 projected games. So it's not like he's way down low because they think he's going to play 62. Uh, they even have his free throw percent up near 69%, which is up from last year. Um, I don't... Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I mean, I, I, you know, he's not an end-of-the-first-round guy anymore, but he's also not a middle-of-the-third-round guy. I think he's going to play angry this year. Like, to steal a line from Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's yelling at the, the Groundhog, don't drive angry, I think LeBron's going to be driving angry this year. Didn't you take him in the uh, pros mock? Uh, I did not. I um, Bogman had him on the turn, where, and he ended up punting free throws. So, I mean, if you get rid of free throws, LeBron leapfrogs a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I, I mean, that's because I remember him going in that 12-13 area. Yeah. And so that just shows you that there are people that are still taking him pretty early. But 28 is crazy. 28 is crazy. What's yours? Uh, mine is actually one guy moving the other direction, which is up the board. And by the way, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton. He's now projected to be uh, 10th on Yahoo, which is way high. Um, yeah. And I know he's going to he's gonna be good. I like Ayton this year, but... You know, he, there are going to be games where he loses playing time to Aaron Baines. It's just that's how it works when you're a young guy. Uh, but he's not—he's not my guy. He's—we knew he was going to be high up the chart. A um, lot of guys that are up there that probably do belong. Chris Middleton is my guy. He—he's been going in the 60s range. He finished in the 60s range. He's—you know—he's been getting drafted 55-ish. Um, and Yahoo has him projected to be number 25. So they actually see him with a pretty sweet a bounce back year largely in the assist department more than other stuff. I I was surprised at how high he ended up going. This is where we all thought he was going to be last year, and he took a big step back playing in the bud, uh, the coach bud, I should say, just to say the bud offense is sort of a weird thing to call it, Uh, the new offense in Milwaukee, which is very Giannis-centric. Do you think this is just because Brogdon's gone? Because, I mean, you and I talked about that. We both thought that would have a bigger impact than Bledsoe on the other guys. Well, I mean, it, it maybe, but you would think when they, they did these rankings initially, they knew that Brogdon was gone. Um, I, although I don't know when exactly they did the rankings, but still, I mean, that's it's interesting to see because you and I have talked about Middleton, and he's a guy that has a pretty decent floor. The only thing we're worried about really is the field goal percentage and yeah. whether he's going to be able to keep that up. And because, like we said, he does have games where he's three for fifteen and he kills you. 
But if they're able to figure that figure out that offense one more year with Coach Bud and knowing exactly what his role is and getting him better shots, then it's possible. Um, I mean, I like Middleton. I think he's a really good basketball player. It's just a matter of where you are in the draft and how comfortable you are in possibly getting a little bit of a hit in field goal percentage. Yeah, that's a big risk. Um, you know, he's obviously going to score a bunch and he'll do some other stuff in those mid rounds. But if he, if you're building a team that's strong in percents, which is one I, I typically try to do in Roto, certainly, um, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice, unless you've kind of built up a little cachet in the field goal percent department. Brandon, what you got going on in the Clippers show these days? That thing, you are rolling in uh like national luminaries on a brand new podcast well done sir hey thank you yeah i I do what i can we've had some really good guests so far we started off with brian seaman who's now the tv voice of the los angeles clippers um replacing ralph lawler we've had jovan buha um actually it's not jovan i think i think i just mispronounced his first name i got it correctly on the podcast is it Uh, jovan Yovan, there you go. Yovan Bua from The Athletic, who's great. Andrew Greif from the LA Times, who covers the team as well. Uh, we've had LA Clippers film with Justin. We've had Robert Flom, um, who writes for the Clippers as well. Uh, we've had some really good guests. We're looking to get Noah Eagle been in communication with the Clippers uh, because of how big of a name he is now and uh, the amount of media attention that he's a very popular man so i'm going through the clippers to get him on the pod that'll happen probably in the next week or two Um, but it looks like this weekend as of now there's a tentative plan to do a crossover lakers clippers yeah there we go with uh with our guy ethan noroff yeah so that'll be interesting because i think it'll be after clippers media day i believe clippers media day is this weekend on saturday or that's awesome that's awesome people you guys got to check this show out i mean this is like you don't even need to be a massive Clippers fan to listen to the podcast, at least right now. Maybe once you get into the season and it's like the day-to-day grind, you probably want to be more of a Clippers fan. But you got all these the incredible guests breaking down this team that sort of came together in this wild offseason of Kawhi Leonard and, the, and chasing planes and all that crazy stuff. And then he ends up in L.A. with Paul George on a team that has championship hopes now. So, uh, folks, please do check it out. It's available everywhere podcasts are available. Um, you can just search for Hoopball Los Angeles Clippers on Google. That would be another way to find it pretty quickly. And, uh, Brandon, I'm going to I'm gonna let you get back to your, your weirdly timed day. This is just Quick Hit Wednesday with you these days. All right, before I go, yeah. I have three, three names of the projections that we have not oh, come across. Oh, yeah, hit them up, rapid-fire style. You're gonna tell me the ranks that you think they are now at. Blake Griffin was 49. Where is he now? I'm hoping he went down to like 65. How about 91? Whoa! <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, okay. What about Gallo? He was 51. Mm, up to up to 35? 89. Oh, they dropped him down. Is that a games played situation? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know where I can see the games played, but uh, it's still nonetheless. Wow, 89. 89. Um, and then one more that I was looking at. Oh, Kyle Lowry, a guy we've talked about a lot. Um, 52 is what he was. Mm, I would have thought he would have stayed close to that. 65? 83. Well, I disagree strongly. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Three names that uh, we have talked about in this podcast at nauseum that are uh, dropping. So that's nice. It's some of the uh, older guys, too. So perhaps you've got some more names to add to your 
list that is coming up pretty soon. That I'm yes, excited. the old farts underdrafted club, as they yes. have renamed. I'm going to still call them the D bombs, the Dan Vespers old man squad, because you know you can say that out loud and you won't get censored. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I got to go through the rest of these and, and pick out more than just our favorites. At BD Marcus on Twitter, give him a follow immediately. Go check out the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Brandon, happy Brandon Tay to you. Happy Brandon Day. Oh. Oh, and stop itching. Oh, yeah, that is true. Stop itching to you as well. (laughs) I almost felt like we were getting close to, like, the tiny Tim there at the end. And stop itching, everyone. Thanks to Brandon again. At BD Marcus on Twitter. Follow him immediately so you get those updates on all things going on uh, with his fantasy stuff. He's one of our fantasy analysts, too, by the way. He also hosts the... As you heard a moment ago, our Hoopball Clippers podcast. I don't want to take too much time here in the middle of the show, but I did want to make a quick mention of our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Check them out immediately. Bring your cash over there. Also wanted to throw a quick disclaimer, uh, mybookie.ag. They have that, that deposit match right now. Folks, I want to make sure you guys know that there are, as there always are with online books, uh, rollover requirements okay so you can't just like put it in and take the money right back out you actually have to gamble with it a certain amount and you can decline it if you want and not have to deal with the rollover stuff i'm going to take it because i'm not petrified of that i'm planning on making a lot of wagers this year so i plan on using more than enough to get to that point uh but just make sure that you read the rules on that before you do it if it's something you're thinking, listen, I only want to make a handful of bets, then yeah, maybe you don't take it. But if you're going to be doing it with us, if we're going to be doing all the multiple stuff every day, then yeah, obviously use promo code today, T-O-D-A-Y. You get that deposit match up to a thousand bucks. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. I mean, I got to admit that this is less like having a fellow analyst guest on the podcast and more like having... A buddy, but I'm gonna do my best to try to make this marginally professional. What's up, Jonas? It's been a while. What's up, man? It has been a while, man. Can I just tell you, I'm just super excited to get going on that big three pot again. That was just a lot of fun last year. Yeah, I uh, I brought it up with uh, with Bogman when when we did our show last week, and I think you're actually pulling back the fourth quarter. I think you're recording with Bogman like 20 minutes after you and I are done today, right? I believe, yeah, something like 30 or 45 minutes, but we're going to make him wait if we have to. Yeah, we're going to make Bogman wait uh, and also bring up the the big three because he thinks it's absolutely hilarious that people constantly tell him that it's their favorite ITL show. <laughs> and so then he takes that and he just throws it in the Welsh's face. And Love you know, it. anything for us to screw with the ITL guys. Aren't those guys just the best? I, I like... I don't know. I'm such a huge dude, fan of the ITL. Yeah, dude. Their video on YouTube of, uh, uh, what was it? I think Welsh was shopping for kale chips for Bogomany. It's just absolutely <laughs> hysterical. He's just like looking at like 45 different brands. He's like, which one's going to cause him the most pain? It's just great. They do. I really think that they do this fantasy podcast stuff the right way. Uh, is, absolutely. And just having a ton of fun while providing information. And I, I try to take some stuff from that. But anyway, uh, Jonas, of course, on Twitter, at Jonas Nader. I do love a man whose Twitter handle is his own name. And so you make you make that very easy for me. Uh, how you been otherwise? We haven't done a show in a while. I you know I like to try to leave people alone in the off season, but we're close enough now. Yep, I've been going ghost for a while because I had the the newborn son about two months ago, so I'm just in survival mode. Oh but man, oh. starting to get some adrenaline for the season, man. I'm so ready. I think we're like 
what is it, a month away from actual games? And I think the yep. first preseason games next week, I think the Rockets play some team from China or something like that. But I'm really excited, man. Yeah. Ready to get going. It feels... I don't, and it doesn't make any sense because this was one of the most active off seasons we've ever had, and yet yes. it still feels like an obscenely long off season. I can't reconcile yes. those in my mind. And the last month has been absolutely dead. Like the dead. news just started circulating today. There's actually some stuff going on, but yeah, it's been dead for the last month. We've been able to pump out a lot of content for our, our site, so it's been nice to just have some downtime to just actually write and just prepare, like establish your ranks, stuff like that, and just breathe, I guess, for a little bit. Because yeah. now we're back in the media storm. Like, I think media day started for a couple teams today. I think Hornets, uh, Blake Monk's on Muscle Watch today. <laughs> Carby Irving already got hurt first day of practice. So it's just like the media storm starting up. So the days of us having, like, these nice casual days where nothing's going on are over. Like, we're full We're full boat. We're full go now. Full go. Uh, Jonas Nader, of course, is at Roto World. I don't know why I didn't say that. I just assumed everybody knew. Um, again, at Jonas Nader. Hey, um, on a personal side, first off, congratulations on the second kid. And now, <laughs> and now I need you because at some point down the line, we're probably going to do a number two as well. Um, how has this second experience been for you? Is it are you better prepared, you think? Just say something that makes me feel better. <laughs> um, I can't really say anything to make you feel better. Damn. It's just like, <laughs> it's twice the work. And just like, like you get one to sleep and the other one wakes up screaming bloody murder. Oh, so no. It's, just like, it, it's definitely adjustment, but That's we're getting to it. Yeah, the little guy sleeps better than the girl did, so. Oh. A little small step in the right direction. Well, that's terrifying. That is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Okay, let's talk about your let's talk about your team. This, of course, is uh, our our industry mock recap series here on Fantasy NBA Today. Team Jonas Nader, you had the coveted tenth pick in this draft. Oh. Yeah, is, is that not the worst? Actually, I would say eleventh and twelfth are better. Probably the most brutal. Yeah, I, th- I think twelfth is better. I think they're worse for me, but tenth is just uh, I yeah. No, man. You kind of have to choose between like a rock solid second round player in general, or some a first round per game guy who's going to sit out ten to twenty games. Yeah, right? there's no there's no good decision there. I I, yeah. I agree with you. Ten and eleven are the worst because you have something in between your pick and your next pick, and yeah. there's there's almost no advantage to having eleven versus twelve. You're, you're yeah. gonna get you're probably gonna get the guy you want there, which is not a guy you really want anyway. Uh, right. But at least at twelve. You have two picks in a row, and you don't have to worry about, oh, like, what if I leave this guy on the board for three or four picks? Is that yeah. is he still going to be? A... So you had 10, which is a real clunker of a spot. Yeah. Um, and you uh, you kind of operated almost in reverse your first two picks. As I mm-hmm. look at it now, at 10, you had Drew Holiday. Uh, and at 15, you had Joel Embiid. But if I had just said those two names to you, I bet most people would think you took them uh, Embiid at 10 and Drew at 15. It doesn't really matter what order you get them in, but uh, you ended up with a, a rock-solid guy in the first round and then a more risky guy in the second. Yeah, that, that pick raised some eyebrows, and it's understandable. Like Drew Holiday has been 20th and 20th in back-to-back seasons in per-game value, and he's missed a, butt, a buttload of games. Like, But the thing about Drew Holiday is the two injuries he's had is an orbital fracture, which shut him down the previous year, and then last year was a core muscle surgery, which is essentially a sports hernia. So those are kind of like fluky injuries for me, which I don't expect any recurrence of. And the lower leg injuries that he used to have, like stress fractures back early in his career, they haven't popped up in five or six years. And he's been playing 35, 36 minutes. Like he was fifth in the NBA before the an- and minutes played before the Anthony Davis trade. And I wrote down this fun little stat. He was actually 12th in his final 10 games 
with 22.6 points, 6.2 dimes, 4.4 boards, two steals, 0.7 blocks, and 2.4 trays. Now, that's a stuffing things kind of guy. Um, I think 10th is fine because I didn't want to go with like a guy that was going to miss 15 to 20 games, like I said. So Drew's safe. I feel like the two injuries he's had were kind of like kind of flukes, in my opinion. What oh, do you yeah. think? Yeah, I'm completely with you on that. I'm not at all worried about the injury stuff. It, my, my reticence with Drew Holiday has more to do with uh, AD is gone, but then they brought in this weird cavalry of strange pieces in, you know, mm-hmm. Lonzo and Ingram and drafting Zion and sign, signing JJ Redick and Derek Favors is in town. He's obviously still the leader on that team, but there's a lot of stuff going on around him that makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, that's the thing about Drew, though. If you look at it, Lonzo's essentially place, uh, replacing Alfred Payton. Like, Drew is not a point guard. He's been adamant about playing shooting guard. He played most of his minutes off the ball last year. I expect the same thing this year. And 80's usage rate is gone. And basically, Julie, I mean, Zion Williamson is going to fill the Julius Randle usage rate uh, vacuum message, I should say. So Drew Holiday is still locked in as, like, a top 15 guy. But I took him 10th just because I think he's more secure. And look, 4% usage rate without AD in the floor. Um, David Griffin, the Pelicans GM, has talked him up as the team leader to take pressure off Zion. And he's been pushing him as a dark horse MVP candidate. Like, if you look at the Pelicans, uh, all their articles right now are on Drew. And that's for a reason. They want him to be the face of the franchise while they get Zion incorporated into the league. It also so seems like, Drew. As, as one other positive on, uh, on Holiday, his free throw percent was lower than his career mm-hmm. mark last year. So that's actually something that could creep back up a little bit if for those that are saying, well, is there any way he could get kind of inside that top 20 department? Absolutely, he can get inside that top 20 department. And, and yeah. you're stuck in a, in a rock and a hard place here. Uh, and you went with the guy that, I'm with you. I don't think the injuries... I mean, that was a tank for this team down the stretch yep. that they shut it, it down. It worked, too. It kind of worked. They it did. Zion. It absolutely worked. <laughs> they got the number one pick out of a weird spot, too. I mean, they just yep. they said, screw it. What do we got to lose at this point? And <laughs> somehow it, it pulled itself together. Uh, Joel Embiid in the second round at 15. This is a... I mean, you know how afraid I am of guys that miss games, but to I'm get a guy... I'm terrified of Embiid. I'm right, terrified. but at this, at this point, though, you kind of yeah. have to, don't you? Yeah, I think he was, let me see, I think, he, yeah, seventh in per game value for punt turnover builds, which is what I'm going for, because I got Fox. And ninth, by the way, ninth in non-punt turnover builds, yeah. so not that much worse there. Yeah, and here's the thing that's kind of uh, leaning me towards Embiid just a little bit more than the other Loge Minimum guys, is I don't think it's going to be as bad as others. I think Embiid really wants to win MVP. Like, I think this is the year he wants to win MVP. It's it's a wide open field. Harden's going to, his numbers are going to go down with Westy. Um, I don't see LeBron continuing for MVP anymore with AD in town. Uh, and I just, he, he lost 25 pounds too. That's a, that's a huge plus for me. Like he hasn't made it through a full season yet. We, we all know that, but this, this kind of feels like the year where Embiid just makes it through the whole time. Now I am expecting DMPs. I think the over under for load management per se is probably 10 for him. Does that sound right for you? Yeah. I think I've got him playing somewhere like around 68 to 70 games this year. If yeah. he clears that, it'd be great. I mean, should they let him, though? Should Philly even let him play more than 70 games? Because it seems like he does break down. I wouldn't. I would rest him against the Cavaliers, the Hornets, all those (laughs) bottom feeder teams. And here's the thing, too. There's one foolproof plan you can do with Embiid. Just get Al Horford in round six. Like, he's the cheapest stud, like, in drafts this year. Like, if you wanted to secure Embiid, just take a Horford four rounds later and you're good. Yeah, you're totally golden. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, To your team's credit here... Joel Embiid is the last guy on the board that is a first-round pick. He's, yeah. he's a first-round guy, and he's still there at pick 15. You just sort of... 
I mean, I guess Paul George, but who knows when he's actually going to start his season. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, these are two guys that are rock solid. They're mid-first-round per-game guys. So mm-hmm. if you have any confidence at all that they're going to get near 70 games, they're an easy pick at that point. I, I can't yeah. kill you for it. In the first round, yeah, I think I could probably kill you for it because, you know, what if he only plays 64 games again? They, he basically blows up your team. But not in the second round. You got to take yep. a guy like that in the second. So I'm I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, third round pick coming back the other way is De'Aaron Fox. I and I've lost track. I think that would be pick what 34 if I'm doing my numbers right on this one. I believe so. Yeah, something pretty like reasonable. That. 35, I think. Yeah, and you said yeah, you're 35. punting turnovers too, so that's a pretty easy play at, at in the in the mid 30s for uh, De'Aaron because he's gonna have the ball in his hands a bunch. Right now, Fox he's he's a top 40 player in eight cat. Without a doubt. And the thing about Foxes, too, is he really wore down at the end of the season. Like, they put so much on him. There was one game where he basically played five minutes and Jaeger pulled him out just because he looked gay. I think he pulled out the entire team, if I remember that correctly. And he's like, okay, you guys, are, you guys look completely I exhausted. remember that game. I actually bet against them on that one because it was like nice. a weird, it was this strange, like, four games and six nights. And they were, I think they were playing the Timberwolves for the second time in that stretch. And they yeah. just were like, yeah, screw it. We're done. And I made uh, I made like thirty bucks on that game, so <laughs> I remember well. So, so what really sold me on Fox was I watched him with Team USA. Like there was some a couple of the scrimmages they they aired on TV. Oh my God, Fox stood out more than anyone. Like I was just shocked. There was a game where he had like two steals and three blocks. He was just everywhere. He looked even faster. He's already the fastest player in the NBA. He looked even faster. He just like popped off the screen. I was like, holy shit. like if this guy has the same leap from year one to year two to year three, oh my God, like this is a I think he could be a top 25 player this year. He just needs that one, that small little bump in his free throw percentage is really holding him back. So I think that's the key to keep him either from going 20 to 40. Your fourth round pick, uh, and I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't looked at every pick on your team as we're going through this, but your fourth round pick might be my favorite uh, yes. of anybody on your team. This this guy's just so solid, and there's almost no way he doesn't beat his ADP, and that's Mike Conley. Is he, I mean, he's up there, right, as like one of the 10 easiest picks to make on the board this year? I think he's a rock-solid top 25 guy that always goes down to like round four just because he's old. Yep. And he has a bad reputation for playing on a team that always shut him down. But people, you need to realize Utah, I think they're like a legit contender. I think they're top three in the West. Yeah, and I think they want to win the West too. Like in in the regular season, where the other teams at the top of the West just want to be healthy, I think Utah wants to win it. Yeah, they need every edge they can get in the playoffs too. They've got a couple of inexperienced guys there. So yeah, Mike Conley playing with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll, that's going to be lethal. Um, I wanted JJJ, but I'm uh, (laughs) Bogman snipe me. JJJ is kind of like my guy in the late third, early fourth, but I was thrilled to get Mike Conley as like a consolation prize he's gonna have a big year and look the shutdown risk that we've been worried about for the last three years is gone gone and there's no depth at all in Utah absolutely he's gonna be on the floor and if you're worried I think about Donovan Mitchell I I don't know that you need to be I mean he's just gonna quietly put up his numbers uh and he's gonna be he's gonna be good he's always good there are so many old point guards in the fourth and fifth round this year I, I know that there's this rush on the young point guards early I don't know that I mean, if you can get some of these older guys, I don't know that you have to make that blitz at the early dudes. Like, I, Mike Conley is is among that list. Bledsoe, Lowry, Chris Paul. These are, and obviously Paul has the injury tag, and so does yeah. Lowry a little bit. But damn, these are guys that, like, Bledsoe's been uh, in the 30 to 35 range for a, a decade. And yep. Kyle Lowry's been inside the top 20 in his career. And Chris Paul's been inside the top 10 in his career. Yep. There are guys there 
that I think we there's a tendency to get sort of caught up in the the point guard rush, but you don't necessarily have to. And, and you know, you got him. Well, you got one in the first round because, well, he was there. But yeah, like you got Fox in the third, you got Conley in the fourth. You got plenty of point guards. You got more later in your draft too. They're not yep. as scarce as everybody would try to scare you into thinking, right? Yeah, I think people are overlooking guys like Dejounte Murray, another guy coming off injury, Derek White, even Delon Wright, who is top forty in Memphis. Like, there's some sneaky players, Shea mm-hmm. Alexander, who we'll talk about later. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think there's a big gap between like the three or four elite point guards, but there's still plenty of talent on the board, and you don't have to like overreact or anything. Like, you're completely, I completely agree with you. Yeah, we can talk about Shea right now because he actually comes up in between your Conley and Julius Randle pick. And I only bring it yep. up because Kyle McCune said, I took him because I knew Jonas was going to take him if I didn't. <laughs> and yep. that was like 10 picks later that you yeah, would so have. But he didn't want to risk it. Yeah, Shea has been my guy in the fifth round this year, and it's for good reason. So in the last, uh, what was it? I have it written down right here. In the last 20 games of the season, he was 38 in nine cat leagues with 14 points, 4.2 assists, three rebounds, 1.5 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 1.1 triples with good percentages. And the best part is he was playing most of his minutes beside Lou Williams, who was fifth in the league in usage rate. Now he's going to OKC. We know Chris Paul is going to get traded, whether it's soon or later. I think it happens by the All-Star break, probably to Miami. Then he takes over, and his usage rate goes from 17 to, what, 24 and 25, and the rest is just pure profit. So in the fifth round, I'll take him. I think he's going to be top 40 when it's all said and done, and probably even a little bit higher. Your uh, your fifth-round pick, since Shea was not on the board, uh, was Julius Randle, who's kind didn't of in like that. didn't like that, yeah. Uh, what was that? I didn't like that pick. You didn't like your own pick? No, I, I kind of panicked because I was, I was eyeing Wendell Carter Jr. there, Shea Goodis-Alexander, and Robert Covington, and all three were gone boom, boom, boom. So... I wasn't loving that pick. Now, he fits the build, the punt turnover build. Let's see. He was, yeah, he was what, 55. That's surprising. He was 54th in punt turnover build. So I got him probably right where he should go. Like, let's not let's not kid ourselves. He's a stat stuffer. 21, 8, and 3. That's points, uh, rebounds, assists. The thing about Julius Randle is he's just so empty, the steals and blocks, kind of yeah. like that Ennis Cantor effect. So that's the one thing that really bug me about him but he's still fine there like he's just not exciting yeah not exciting if you have a team uh built the way that i often do which is a bunch of guys that get those the defensive stats and the percentages and sometimes i neglect scoring a little bit he mm-hmm. he makes a lot of sense as kind of a mid-round uh like compliment guy for an old man vespers team but i can see looking at yours you know you've got scoring on this team already so, yep. uh, he, you know, maybe he is a little bit superfluous there, but he's not bad. Like you said, there's no like the floor is very high for him. He's going to do a lot of stuff because the Knicks are horrible. Yeah, the Knicks are they're <laughs> they're disaster, terrible. Uh, Julius Randle is is surrounded by 19 other power forwards on that team. So it should, <laughs> yeah. should be very interesting. Uh, Brooke Lopez, your sixth round pick. This might be my other favorite on your team. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy this I can't. I mean, there are some things that happen in fantasy where I just look at it and I and I stare with my mouth just hanging open like mm. i don't understand brooke lopez was 32 last year in the exact same role yes i don't understand why he's being drafted 20 to 30 spots after that this, yeah this is a weird flex me i had him in my sleepers list last year he finished 19th at the end of the year at an adp of 83 yeah You're that's what? 60 what? that's what? just ridiculous what's wrong with he, people he though spot by 60 spots and because he's old and because no it's and he's boring per se like no one wants him and yet i snag him here in the sixth round and i'm just thrilled like he's he, yeah like you said he's in the exact same role 
They brought in Robin Lopez, who's just going to take the backup minutes. There's, and he's going to get like this is just pure profit for me. And like I could have flipped him and Julius Randle and be completely happy. Like I probably could have gone a little bit earlier, but man, this is just a steal for me. Yeah, absolute steal. And, and the, I mean, the thing is that he has he averages twelve and five. If I yep. had just told you points and rebounds, you'd be like, ugh, that sounds disgusting. But two point three threes. 2.2 blocks and yep. actually more than half a steal. And somehow he did that just chucking away from downtown while still somehow managing to shoot 45% from the field, which is not great for a center, not even good, but really not bad for someone who doesn't do anything near the rim. One turnover, which does matter in nine cat. I yeah. know you're punting it, but an 84% at the free throw line, getting a big that doesn't hurt you at the foul line and blocks over two shots a game. I, I mean, there's just... There's no downside to Brooke Lopez at this juncture in, in, well, whatever. I don't need to yell about it anymore. I just, I can't figure out why this is where he's going. He should be getting drafted two rounds earlier, and I'm thrilled that he's not. So yep. maybe I should shut up about it. Uh, Karis Levert, the next one. I think we're, I've lost track of what round we're in. This is the seventh. So now you're at the end of the seventh round. Uh, this is a guy that I think you were on last year, and he was crushing before he got hurt. Uh, the assumption, I guess, for you, Jonas, is that he's 100% healthy now. Yeah, and I know I'm not going to get him next year because he's going to have Kevin Durant there, and that's going to like bury his value. But this year, there's oh, a yeah. lot of potential there next to Kyrie Irving. So in his first 12 games last year, he was 35th in 9-cat with 20 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And it took him a long time to get his rhythm back. Like He was just unusable. Until the playoffs, he started to get his mojo back. He was the best player for Brooklyn in the postseason against Philly. He had 21 points, 4.6 rebounds, three dimes, 2.4 triples. So he finally got his mojo back. It took him four months, which is obviously expected. That was one of the most gruesome injuries I've seen live. Yeah, I can't believe he got back when he did even. Exactly. So he's he's got his mojo back, and he's still at that discount because if he played that whole year at that pace he was going at, there's no way we're getting him in seven, in the seventh round. So I think this is a good upside. I am worried about the free throw percentage. If he can just improve that by three percent, like right along with his career mark, I think he's going to be top fifty. So I was I was pretty happy to get him here. Every time and they have a great playoff schedule too. I'll add that. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's something that I should probably pay closer attention to for my one head-to-head league. I get so caught yeah. up in the in the roto thing. By the way, every right. time you mention getting his mojo back, I just keep picturing Austin Powers. I just <laughs> I know, can't yeah. help it's myself from fat bastard. Uh, <laughs> Delon Wright, this is your eighth round pick, and this is this is a pretty good spot to grab him because there's there's a lot of upside there if things if things kind of click into place. And I I don't know. I don't see that many ways that they don't. I, you know, I know Luca's going to be on the ball for the most part, but it, I, does he really need to be Delon on the ball to do most of his damage? He can, he's got a lot of categories where he can contribute. So that's nice. That Those are guys where you don't need big usage for them to be useful. Yep. And both Rick Carlisle and Mark Cuban have been asked about Delon, right? And both of them have implied that he's going to be the starter over Jalen Brunson and J.J. Bray, obviously, coming off that Achilles thing helps. So DeLon Wright in Memphis, the first time he's been in a featured role, he's always been a backup in Toronto. The first time he was in his featured role, he was the 49th best player with 14.5 points, 7.4 rebounds, 7.2 dimes, 1.7 steals. That's huge. 0.6 blocks. That's also huge. And 12 starts. So, like, this guy is going to be a beast. I think he's pure profit of this round. I think... In competitive leagues, I probably should have gone a round earlier. I'm not saying this league isn't competitive, but I would just say seventh round is probably where you need to grab him once we get the preseason hype going around, once they see he's starting and putting up these big numbers. Yeah, this um, this is one where we all need to hope that things stay just a tiny bit quiet and keep the, right. the kind of the general public from getting on top of that because right now uh, this is a guy that, that folks following analysts are going to be able to get at a decent price. But like you said, 
for now. Uh, yes. Mikhail Bridges, ninth round pick. I haven't seen a whole lot of talk about him, which, I mean, this is a total Bespris guy from last year. Massive defensive stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to play because he's young and Phoenix wants to be young. I, is there fear that he's going to get buried on that team? Is that why we haven't heard much about him? Not at all. Not at all. I think, there, yeah, the general consensus is he's going to be buried, like you said, but I'm not worried about that at all. If you look at the database, he actually logged minutes at uh, three different positions last year. Um, and the Suns really aren't that deep when you think about it. They got Mikel Bridges and Kelly Oubre, but both of them can play two, three, and four for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think we were on the the big three pod last year when me and you both agreed that he's basically like the second coming of Robert Covington. Yeah, baby. I love it. Yep. I liked the so. first coming of Robert Covington, too. <laughs> exactly. I still do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I like that one. I'm on top of that. Uh, Gary Harris. Now we're starting to get a little bit towards the later rounds. Might as well, right? Like, we've he, in his career, has been a top 40 guy. There are very few guys you can draft at whatever the hell we're at now. This is, I think, the 10th round. So right. we're into the, we're, we're right around 100. We're over 100. We're about 110 here. Um, not too many guys you can draft at 110 where you can be like, yeah, but like two years ago, they were a top 40 dude. He's never healthy, but in a roto, <laughs> in a roto, in a roto format with an 82 games cap, which is what this was, like if you get 55 games out of him and he's playing well, that's enough. You plug in someone to fill the other games that he's missing. And if he sucks, you drop him because we're this late <laughs> in a draft. It's, it's an all upside like big home run hack on three and zero at this point for you. Yeah, there's there's two angles on Gary Harris intrigue for me. Like you said, he's never been healthy, but he did look good in the postseason. He, he finally did. got that rhythm back in the postseason. Just say really, mojo. Really I know you want to. Just <laughs> yeah, say mojo. He had the same mojo in the postseason, <laughs> and I gotta say too, I think he's gonna be moved. Um, the Nuggets are extremely high in Malik Beasley. You heard Shams talk about it yesterday. They're extremely high in Beasley. They want to extend him. Now this the Nuggets have to consolidate some of this team, like. They can easily make a package of like Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and just get that last star to pair with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Um, and I think Gary Harris is going to be very appealing to teams. Uh, like you said, if he's at his best, we know Gary Harris has proven top 30, top 40 upside. And if not, I'll just drop him, like you said. Yeah, screw him. Throw him out into the yeah. pasture. There's plenty of guys that pop up at this point. I mean, I, I, I've said it before. I don't. I, of my like rounds 11 through 15 picks in the main leagues that I focus on, I probably end up with maybe like one out of every 10 of those on my team yep. at the end of the year. So, you know, I'm not going to curse here, but screw it. Uh, <laughs> you got a rookie in the next in next two rounds. I only two I, rookies. I think you did that just so that I wouldn't be able to say anything because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't know anything. Uh, I know Brandon Clark's been getting some hype in Memphis. Um, yeah. I don't, I legitimately don't know the first thing about Jared Culver. Um, so just tell me about both of those guys. Tell the listeners about okay. him because they haven't gotten any information on those dudes from me. So Brandon Clark has completely revamped his jumper and he was arguably a top five player in the NCAA last year. And the guy just stuffs the stat sheet, man. I think he had like four blocks for 36 minutes and almost two steals. The guy just gets it done. We saw it in Vegas. He was God, what was he? Was he like eighth in fantasy value in Vegas, according to Basketball Monster? Something high like that. But this dude could just rack up blocks, steals, and he's one of the most efficient players the NCAA has ever seen. Uh, he was first in offensive and defensive rating. The guy is just an absolute monster. I think he's he begins the season as more of a stash. I think he plays 18 minutes behind JJJ and Jonas Valanciunas as a first guy off the bench. But I think eventually the Grizzlies have been talking about transitioning in Jared and Jackson Jr., full-time to center once he improves his rebounding a little bit. I think he added like 
15 pounds of bulk this season. So Valanciunas isn't going to be playing the 28 minutes that he was last year with that 30% usage rate. That's going to be closer to his career mark, probably around 24. Wouldn't you agree with that? So, so JJJ gets 24, Valanciunas gets 24, and then Clark picks up, I would say, maybe 24 minutes in January. And that's just going to be top. He has that top 75 stat set with the elite steal rate, elite block rate, elite field goal percentage. And he's not going to hurt you anywhere. So I think I'm, I have I'm a, in on Clark. I have Valanciunas probably about two to two and a half minutes higher than you do, uh, mm-hmm. just because I don't think that... I think they'll keep JJJ towards the four a little bit longer, maybe. There's there's yeah. minutes to go around there because they've abandoned all of the other big men, which is kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, the Athletic uh, basically projected JJJ to play half his minutes at power forward and then all the backup center minutes behind Valanciunas. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see yeah. that. So get him like... Because maybe, they have no one else. They have Miles Plumlee there. Like, yeah, it's, now... It's, Nothing behind him. I, and I, you know, I'll pour out a little for my guy Ivan Rab from Cal, but that's yeah, that's that's gone. Um, yeah, I think you see, J- I think you see Valanciunas get into that twenty six, twenty seven range. Then maybe like, I don't know, thirteen backup center minutes for JJJ, and you can yep. fill out the rest with like an eight mishmash of Plumleys and uh, I don't, I don't care whatever Plumlee you want to put in there. You can bring another one yeah. and just put on a mustache if you so desire uh and i gotta ask you jonas about your last round pick i mean i no i don't i i kid uh i put boogie cousins on every team and i i continue to make myself laugh about it uh mega sleeper that's right you never take a first round if you're in my league (laughs) i just got so tired about culver i forgot to talk about yeah please i i mean i know he's on minnesota that's about as much as i've said on this pod yeah so apart from zion there is zero doubt that culver was the the second best two-way prospect in the country. Like he led, uh, I would say an underwhelming Texas tech team to the national finale. The guy has no stat, uh, holes in his game whatsoever. Let me pull up the stats right here. 18.5 points, six rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.3 triples, 1.5 steals and 0.6 blocks. And here's the, here's the kicker. His usage rate was 32.2. Like they put the entire offense through him and he's like this big six foot six, secondary playmaker that just reminds me so much of jimmy butler like if there's anybody that's going to be have like a donovan mitchell type rookie season it's going to be this guy he's just unreal good and i've seen a a couple of wolves follows i have have just noted like how good culver looks like in workouts and stuff like that Hmm. and they've already talked about him both the head coach saunders and rosas the gm have talked about using him at backup point guard backup shooting guard and possibly the starting small forward and one final thing, it's so funny. They're basically telling Wiggins, this is like your final chance. They have taped spots on the floor. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they they basically tell Wiggins to stop shooting 30 off-balance jumpers a game. Like, <laughs> these are your good spots where you're allowed to shoot. These are where you're not allowed to shoot. So basically, Wiggins is only allowed to shoot threes and attacking the rim, which is which is awesome for Minnesota because his mid-range jumpers are just oh, tough to watch. Yeah, that was, that was a great... Who posted that picture? I forget where it emerged from. I feel I like they more. was it. I, so they wanted it to get out, right? Right. Yeah, they wanted to get out. They they want this team to run through Cat and eventually Culver to run some secondary offense too. And obviously Teague is still there as well. Um. So yeah, they want an offense flowing through Cat, which never happened last year. Like, how many games do we see where Derrick Rose was like leading the team in shot attempts, which oh. is just so absurd. So well, uh, what do you mean, if current and future MVP Derrick Rose? I. The the players, there's what a, okay. I guess I'm not going to get into the big Derrick Rose thing on today's <laughs> show. I just he's one of those guys where there's such a giant gap between what uh, fantasy analysts see when they watch him play and like player yeah. types see when the anyway. 
Uh, I actually think he could end up scoring a bunch in Detroit because that team's kind of whack. But yeah. that's sort of besides the point. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely no, right. Because Hold on. I yeah. want to add one thing to your Rose thing. I totally get it. Like, I think it was Slam Basketball or something posted a video of him, Derrick Rose, literally stretching with a rubber band. And like, oh, my God, he's going to have a special year. I'm like, he's stretching. <laughs> yeah, well, I do that before a shift at work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to do that after this pod. <laughs> It's like, what are you guys talking about? Special year behind Reggie Jackson? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you can't even start over Reggie Jackson, what are we even doing here? Like, yeah, come Oof, on, guys. Reggie Jackson, that's a rough yep. one. No, but you're right though. On the on the Carl Anthony Town side, because uh, yep. there was the Jimmy Butler month where Cat got like fully emasculated, and it took a while. <laughs> yeah. it took a while for that to recover. Um, I think Cat could actually have. We we didn't talk a ton about the top five because you were outside yeah. of that, but um, he, he could have a really really special year this season and it's funny to say that he's almost getting overlooked a tiny bit because everybody says oh you know I'm getting him because he's durable uh he's he could be good also I like on top of the durability uh which I don't know there's there's fewer question marks about him than some of the other guys in that top five um but I guess we don't dude it took a car crash for Kat to miss his first game four years in a car crash I know that's a lot. It probably yeah, he had... barely walked away from the scene. He almost he was a game time decision like two days later. Like the guy's just a machine. And one thing too is like people don't talk about this stuff. He became the total package last year in fantasy. He had three point seven dimes per thirty six minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, and now they're talking about playing him, playing him through the elbow even more. So there's going to be even more assists. Like this guy's just a total package. Like if I had to pick one guy to finish number one, I would say Anthony Davis has probably a. Uh, 40% chance I'd put and I'd put Harden and Cat roughly at 33% each. Yeah, I the only it's funny and I and maybe you and I disagree on this. The only guy in that top 5 that I don't think has any chance to finish number 1 is Giannis. Yeah, the free throw percentage is going to keep him out of that for a yeah, a good while. Yeah, I think he's if you can punt free throws and like threes or turnovers, you can make him a top 3 guy, but yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm not a I'm not a big punt guy and you're more of a head-to-head dude, so which is kind of nice cuz that that right. complements me getting too buried in my in my roto world here uh so jonas looking back at your team last question here before i let you go and and we won't make bogman wait too much longer uh what was sort of the overall feel you got at the end of this draft the 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 notion i've been getting is that even in these industry mocks it still feels like most teams got the guys that they were hoping for there's just there's so many interesting players this year and that i feel like maybe that's why I, st- I still think we're the market's still filling each other out. Like I've I've learned that if I want JJJ and I'm in a league where people know me, I have to go round three. <laughs> you need little to, stuff you like need that. to change your name when you're in those leagues. Yeah. Team Nonus Jader. I know. I think a big takeaway for me though is I feel like you have to get an elite point guard in either round one or two because there are so many freaking good bigs in round three and four. If you just go down the list, like. Clint Capella's dropping like a rock this year. You can get him in round four if you want. Yeah, like a Jeremiah Green's round four, and, and he's his numbers without Kevin Durant, Clay, are through the roof. Like he was a top twelve guy a long time ago. He's he's in round four. Bam on a bio, breakout candidate. JJJ, like I said, John Collins, who mysteriously stopped blocking shots and stealing, but he's still a twenty and ten guy with upside. Mm-hmm. And, and Zion Williamson, dude. We got to talk about him real quick. His price is actually reasonable now. He's like, dropping. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, a month ago, we were talking about him as like a potential first round guy. Now he's going in the fourth round because he gained 10 pounds on Jambalaya. So <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited about his price now. Like that's re- third round. That's very reasonable now. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something that's going to blow the socks right off your feet. 
I actually okay. would consider drafting a rookie named Zion Williamson at where he's wow. currently priced. He's, he's the first one I've considered in four to five years. Uh, it's weird, though. His, his hype crested. Like, his hype got so crazy that then there's been this weird swing back in the opposite direction, maybe because he got hurt at Summer League or mm-hmm. maybe it's the weight. Uh, if it, it was stays definitely here, a weight. People have talked, <laughs> it's always the weight. Like, are you concerned about weight? But the good news is that he's lost it, guys. I saw in a, in a what was it, a video for some something he's endorsing, but he looks amazing. He, he, he already lost it all. He looks in top shape. I think the Pelicans are talking about giving him 28 minutes from the jump, and then it'll be up to 32 if they're in the playoff hunt. So I'm excited about him. Man. Yeah, I can't believe I might end up with a rookie this year. But if he really is <laughs> falling into the 30s, I'm I'm considering it. I, I didn't think he would. I thought people would take him at 25, and all of a sudden, here he is within yep. arm's reach. Um, I'll give you a fun stat to end on Zion. Yeah. Uh, people like to talk about PER, which is like kind of like a, a stat to predict like how like your stat stuffing ability. I think his PR was 40, and Anthony Davis's was 35. So this is just an unprecedented prospect we're talking about, who just has one glaring hole in his game, and that's that he shoots threes like he's Zach Randolph, and then he can't hit free throws <laughs> just yet. But he, he has everything else in his arsenal when he's only 19. So Yeah, and if you take him there, I think you, you try to build yourself around that potential weakness. You make sure, yes. like, look, if I'm going to take Zion... Uh, and and Greg Ehrenberg got him in this draft. He had Steph Curry and Devin Booker ahead of him. So yeah. free throws were in pretty good shape leading into that. So if Zion puts a little dent into it, you're probably all right. He also took uh, Danilo Gallinari later in this draft too. So uh, right. that covers up for that potential hole. Uh, Jonas, I think we've made Bogman wait long enough. I'll let you go now. Thank you, Jonas Nader, at Jonas Nader on Twitter, my guy over at Roto World. You can catch the two of us with Bogman on the big three. That's starting in a couple of weeks. Uh Thank you for doing the draft. Thank you for doing the pod, my man. Had a blast, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on. And that was our good buddy, Jonas Nader, friend of the program. I love that term. Friend of the program, Jonas Nader. Uh, and Man, busy, busy day. I don't even know how we managed to squeeze this in in under an hour. Uh, I don't have any massive thoughts beyond what we got into with Brandon and with Jonas just on kind of how things are changing in the fantasy landscape even as we do these shows every day, uh, rankings are changing and ADPs are shifting. And obviously, at least once a week, we're going to be checking Yahoo ADPs to see where guys are moving because it matters. You know, it really matters. Understanding if somebody, if we made a plan last week to take a guy in a particular spot and he's moving, you have to adjust that plan. You just have to. Um, right now, you know, at the top, things haven't changed a ton. That first round still looks pretty much the way it did. Um, but, you know, guys like Russell Westbrook, they're slowly moving down the chart. Uh, you know, Luca ever so slowly moving down the chart. As they change the projections, the ADPs are going to start to shift. We are seeing, by the way, and then I got a code coming up here, coupon code coming up in 30 seconds. We're seeing what I've talked about many times in the offseason, which is, the deeper you get into draft season, the less that ADPs can move because there's just more data. There have been tens of thousands of drafts now that have solidified these player ADPs. So if somebody starts going earlier or later now, it's only going to move their ADP a little bit because the A in ADP stands for average. If we got a recent ADP that wiped out the first four or six weeks or whatever it is that... Yahoo's been open, yeah, they'd move a lot faster. 
you know, it's it's a basic math concept. And, and just to illustrate, I mean, if there have been nine drafts, then the 10th draft isn't going to have as much impact on the ADP as the second draft did when there were only two, because each number weighed in with half the final average. Now it's 10%. And in reality now, every draft is, you know, 0.000 whatever percent of the total ADPs. So you have to work, look for much more subtle changes in player ADPs. Figure out where they're moving little by little. And obviously looking in, at what the, and Brandon brought this up, the Yahoo projections are, which is what we were going off of, that's going to start moving the numbers a little bit. Today's coupon code is the word Jonas, J-O-N-A-S. It's worth $3 off any product that I mentioned earlier in the show at hoop-ball.com. Make sure to use it. It'll be good through opening night. So you got a couple of weeks to utilize that bad boy, but I would suggest do it today. If you're thinking about getting this stuff, the prices will continue to move They just go up. They go up and up and up as you get closer to draft day. So every single time we talk about this, it behooves you to make your decisions soon. Do it now while the price is what it is, while you can use the coupon to get 3 bucks off and get it at an even better rate as well. Thank you to Brandon Marcus, at BDMarcus on Twitter. Thank you to Jonas Nader, at Jonas Nader on Twitter. I am Dan Baspers. Folks, if you like what you've been hearing on this show, and I know many of you are new subscribers, please do take a moment to drop a five-star review on the pod on whatever your uh, listening site or app is of choice. We really do appreciate that. It helps drive us up the charts. Uh, we can increase our listenership even faster and uh, get more advertisers, and that what frankly, is what will keep us free forever. So uh, thank you in advance to folks that were doing that. Have a lovely Tuesday, everybody. Or a Wednesday, I should say. <laughs> what day is today? I may need to go back and fix that in a different part of the podcast. Have a lovely Wednesday, everyone. I really do know what day it is. Tomorrow, we'll talk to Coach. We'll have another pro on the pod. You know it. You love it. We rumble along. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.